Good afternoon, friends. It is another grand and glorious day in the best little city in America. In fact, the sun is shining. The sidewalks are shoveled. More on that in a minute. We're going to spend the next couple hours here on the Patrick Lally Show engaged in energetic and entertaining conversation on local, state, national news and politics. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about art. Yes, art, the finer things in life, Uh, business, economics. It's going to be good stuff. Good stuff. Thank you for spending some time with us today. We really appreciate it. Uber producer Dan Peters is in studio here to keep you updated on the latest news and weather. As he mentioned, there's a snow alert, snow alert. If you're not uh, listening live on your radio at Information 1000, you can always get this fine show and all the KSO programming at KSO.com or on the new fancy KSO branded mobile app where you can get news and weather and all that and you can just listen to this show with one little touch one little touch of the finger and bam it's on your phone remember you can always follow along live on facebook where we are right now suffering some minor connectivity issues with the wireless the wireless it's not always the most dependable thing in the world but it's up it's there facebook live and our twitter account of course at p lally show at P. Lally Show. Uh, Dan, I got to say this. I'm sick of shoveling. I'm sick of it. I'm up to here in the shoveling. Are your shoulders giving out there, my friend? Oh, my arms hurt. It's just not. I don't know. I'm just tired of it. It was cold this morning. It looked like about four inches over on the southeast side. I know you said it was like 2.7 or whatever. Well, that was on the north side. Oh, okay. That's the airport. Yep. Oh, certainly we had at least four over there, but it was, you know, it was, again, it's this light kind of fluffy, there was like little pellets in there and stuff. Like there was a layer of, of kind of wet and then a layer of pellets and then the, you know, the like fluffy frosty snow on top of that. It was all very light. It looked kind of like a vanilla, uh, dairy cream, dairy queen ice cream cake, you know, with little pellets in there. (laughs) That's what I was thinking about anyway, when I was shoveling it. Well, come on, then you got to you, you you've already started on the positive path there. Think, ooh, like ice cream. I don't know. <laughs> ice Either that or you're descending into madness. That's <laughs> that could have been it. Yeah. So I'm just. It was easy to throw. You just kind of throw it up in the air and all that. But it, I'm just sick of it. The piles along the sides of the driveway. You know. You know how they're getting tall enough now that it's it. If it snows, like it's going to snow again on Thursday, like is predicted. And we'll talk to Phil Shrek about this later. It's going to get hard to like get the snow. I'm going to be throwing it over my, it's not good. I'm going to, I'm going to injure my back or something. Pretty soon the neighborhood kids are going to be like digging tunnels in the piles along the driveways there, the windrows. I don't imagine you got to do that growing up on the farm though, did you, Dan? You didn't have that kind of kids like digging caves in the sides of snow piles and stuff. Oh yeah, we did that. Did you do that? Oh yeah. Yeah. There was a, there was a good nice drift that would form on the west side of the house and that's where we would make our snow cave check that would work that would work uh uh it's starting to feel though like the the those big snow winters when i was a kid you know when you not 69 i'm not going all the way back to 69 i was only an infant i was a very small child then 
But I've seen the photos of myself standing in the sidewalk with the snow piled up, you know, when we got like 100 inches that year. It's crazy. But we used to do that where you'd create snow caves, like you say, by digging tunnels into the piles. It was That was fun. Seems safe now. What could go wrong with that? <laughs> it's just a big cave of snow. No, nothing bad's going to happen, right? Although I'm going to give you some cold, hard facts, though, that may give you a little thing to shiver. Oh, no. Now, the normal snowfall for the month of November, if we're going to start all the way back. Yeah. Okay. Normal November, 7.4 inches. Yeah. Okay. That's reasonable. In, ni- in 2017, November 2017, 0.2. That's not very much. No. I remember that. December, normal, 8.2. Yeah. Actual, 10.4. Ah, see, it's starting right there. January, average 7.7. Actual 2018 total 5.8. Yeah, we're trending lower. Yeah. However, February, average 6.9. Current 7.5 with potential for more. That's going the wrong direction, Dan. And what is, you know, we always say March is the snowiest month. What is the average for March? Do you have that right before you there? Yes, I have it right now. Normal, 8.4. Well, that is, I I suppose technically that is the snowiest month, isn't it? Yeah, by two-tenths of an inch. There you go. Well, I've had it. I don't want to do it anymore. I'm just, uh, you know, but there hasn't been like one big one, really. No. If you look at all the, we've got a lot of dinky snows. Yeah. But not a lot of big, big zorchers where we've gotten swamped. No, I probably should thank God for small favors, right? I know what's going to happen though. There, there's a northwest bl- bl- bleh, bleh, northwest wind blowing right now, and all that light snow. I figure by the time I get home, it'd be a big drift back in the driveway, just piling between the big piles of snow, just filling in naturally. It's what's going to happen. Oh, because that stuff is so light. I know. And just bloop, there it comes back. You ever think about? I should put up a snow fence. Uh, you know what I mean? Just a nice chunk of orange snow fence, about what twenty feet back. You hit figure. 20 feet back from the driveway, and then the, the drift would go right there. Oh, that'd be like a beauty, eh? Yeah, it'd be yeah. good, eh? Yeah. <laughs> You'd be like the great wide north over there, eh? Yeah, I'd be fooling the snow, eh? Um, also, the plows hadn't been by before I left. And and given what happened the previous snowfall, remember when we talked about that? Yes. I'm expecting to hack through that big windrow that they lay down tonight, you know, because snow gates, right? I, it didn't work last time. You're going to be Patrick the Prospector once you get yeah. done with that. <laughs> cheap, cheap, cheap. Be like, uh, what was the 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 snow the the Klondike character in the uh, abominable snowman thing cartoon? No. Oh, I know what you're thinking, yeah. and I can't remember. Yeah, Yukon I, Jack. No, wait, that's a different. Yeah, thing. that's right. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. That, that's not for not for a little child. No, children. that's no, no. We're not going there. That's not a cartoon at all. Uh, anyway, I'm sick of it, as I say. You know. I, I don't know what I'm going to do. We've got a great show for you today, though. Our guests include Jennifer Tuttle. She is manager of workforce development for the Sioux Falls Development Foundation. And we're going to talk about workforce development. I know, sounds a little wonky, but it's not because it's all about who's going to be here and who's going to work here. And we got a problem. We're going to talk about that. The Boon Man in for Weird Friends. And we'll find out what sculptures we'll be seeing downtown this year from Jeff Hansen of Sculpture Walk. He'll be here just after Weird Friends. 
Our friend Phil Shrek will check in with the latest on the latest winter storm, as I mentioned earlier, from the KSFY Severe Weather Center. And I'll have a PL statement just after the break. Today's topic, hmm, we're going to talk about prosec- prosecutorial attitudes. I looked it up. It's Yukon Cornelius. Oh, there it is! I used to have a phrase. I can't remember what it was. Anyway, Yukon Cornelius. I That's can, the one. I can see him as plain as day. See, we solved your, we've solved at least one problem today. We'll see what we can't do about the rest of them. That's coming up on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. 319 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. Oh, the Bodines, as always, for the PL statement. Uh, looking through the news today, a couple things going on that caught my attention that I was going to talk about uh, the Trump health care deal. Um, at some measure it's, it, it's, if you're going to get rid of the individual mandate and all that, and you want to create these, this, this gap insurance for these people in the gap, which I understand you want to make it cheaper and all that at, at some measure, I get that. Cause what they're going to do is figure out a way to offer a policy that doesn't, um, doesn't uh, fit the requirements of the ACA, uh, which will make it cheaper, but it'll also mean that, you know, Pre-existing conditions may not be covered or things that come up that they didn't know. And I mean, it might make you feel better, but it it might take care of some things. But I, you know, in terms of being a long term fix for people uh, uh, with catastrophic problems, that's not I don't think that fixes anything. But that's that's my opinion. Another indictment uh, from Mueller, uh, Mueller, the uh, special prosecutor, Robert Mueller, uh, the one of the lawyers that was involved. And that's kind of interesting lying to the FBI again and so he's going to plead guilty. That's uh that's kind of interesting. It's another kind of turn of the screw there. See what comes next. Uh but what I want to talk about today is something local and I I, I was really honestly I was surprised by this. And there's a story today on the front page of the Argus Leader which is where I first saw it and it involves some court documents so that's all public record. You can go read that. But uh, so there's this case um, in Minnehaha County where a South Sudanese man had been in jail. He has been, uh, they were trying to indict him for uh, assault on a law enforcement officer while he's in jail. Okay. It happens, right? Pretty standard stuff. But during the course of the grand jury, why they had to go to a grand jury for this, I don't know. Um there's usually reasons and I'm not, you know, not questioning going to the grand jury, but I don't know why they did. They, uh, the, the lawyer, the prosecutor in the case, uh, before the, before the grand jury has officially been sat, but they're there apparently he's got a microphone on and he's talking to a, uh, officer who's going to testify. And he, he made some, um, what I think are 
really dumb comments, okay? So before the testimony began, a grand jury, the uh, this lawyer, the prosecutor in the, in the Minnehaha County State's Attorney's Office is caught on tape saying, uh, uh, yeah, I wish, I wish, that's what I wish Trump would fix. I don't care where they go back to or what happens when they get there. So then somebody laughs. You hear somebody laugh. And then the prosecutor talks about a different case in which, quote, Spanish victim and an Arabic defendant and mimicked an interpreter at which some members of the grand jury laughed, according to the motion that's been filed by the public defender's office in this case, because the the, uh, man who's charged has a public defender. So, again, he's Sudanese. Um, He's charged with assault against a law enforcement officer while in jail and resisting arrest. So, Aaron McGowan, who's the state's attorney in Minnehaha County, um, he says that, you know, it was the, 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 uh, the, jur- the jury wasn't seated. He says, out of an abundance of caution, despite the fact that no inappropriate information was presented to that grand jury panel, a third indictment was prepared because this was the second time they'd had to do it. Uh, and they uh, came back and they redid it. Uh, he says the conversation between the officer and the prosecutor was an off the record conversation about ICE, which is immigration and customs enforcement and the defendant's immigration status. Nothing biased or inflammatory was said during the private conversation. I, and I, you know, I don't know about that. I, I think it's fairly inflammatory. It's, it's a political statement to be sure. Uh, and if jurors are laughing at it, I don't think that that's the right thing to do. Um, first of all, though, the odds of getting the indictment from a grand jury in this situation is absolutely 100%. It's a grand jury. They always get the indictment. Uh, it's got nothing to do with the accused nationality. It has nothing to do with the man's guilt or innocence. He's a Sudanese immigrant already being in jail, being charged. I say that meaning the indictment doesn't have anything to do with his his race or his his guilt or anything like that. This is all what this guy said. They're going to get that that indictment what's disturbing here is that the prosecutor who has to maintain some degree of fairness and colorblindness in the execution of the law expresses such overt bias against immigrants that he or she categorizes people by skin color ethnicity and language everybody comes to the game with certain prejudices we all know that the trick is to understand our own prejudices to address them in your own brain and the context of your own character But a prosecutor, paid by the public, is held to a higher standard. The law doesn't see race. It doesn't hear language or accent. It does divide. It doesn't divide based on country of origin. The law is the law. Minnehaha County Attorney McGowan says that, you know, the microphone, that the attorney, that the attorney didn't know that the microphone was on, you know, but apparently everybody could hear him or her. Should the charges be dropped? That's what the public defender wants. Probably not. I mean, McGowan's office went back, presented the case to a different jury. That's not the issue. But McGowan should take the steps to ensure his prosecutors are adhering to the highest standards of conduct here. And he didn't say anything about that. I'm sure McGowan knows that comments such as these have no place in the enforcement of the law. I don't doubt that for a second. 
in the grand scheme of things, this is a minor case. But the next time, it may not be. It could be a homicide. It could be child abuse or public corruption. Then it may be germane. What happens then? What happens when your prosecutors are caught on tape saying things that are potentially biasing that grand jury? It's on McGowan, who is an elected official, to publicly assure the voters of this county that there's no place for ethnic or racial bias in his staff. And that comment displays an ethnic bias. It displays a political uh, uh, opinion that you can hold those opinions. I'm not telling you you can't have opinions, but you should not express them in the public arena. And grand juries are closed. The, 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 you know, the defendants get no, there's no lawyer there for them. It's a grand jury, all right? So it's biased at some measure going in against the defendant. That's the way it works. However, you should not, should not express your prejudices, your biases, your political opinions in that arena. It's just, it's not a smart thing to do, and it does not represent well on the state's attorney's office. There's just no place for it in our courts. That's the bottom line on today's PL statement. Agree or disagree with me, email me. Love to hear from you. Patrick at KSOO.com. You can follow us on Twitter at P. Lally Show at all times and on Facebook Live as people are doing right now. Coming up next, we're going to talk to the Boone Man for Weird Friends. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000. KSOO. 335 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. And with little replacements to slide into my friend, the Boone Man. Boone Man, uh, did you get Ford Zill out and move some snow this morning? You know, I was tempted to, but I didn't. I thought, uh, it's going to be warm, isn't it? Isn't it going to melt? <laughs> yeah, um, like March something. No, it's uh, not going to melt. I'll probably have to. I didn't have time to today, but I probably will tonight. Yeah, well, it's not that much. I mean, the, the kids can get in and out. That's all that matters, well, right? Well, drifting. You know, it gets drifting out there in the wild. It's true, at the yeah. Boone Estate. Yeah. Well, hopefully they were able to get out for provisions after you left for work. Well, there's plenty around there. Plus, you know, if there's not, there's probably squirrels and rabbits and whatnot around. They can yeah. fend for themselves. Plenty of firearms, so that'll yeah. be all right. Oh, yeah. You know what? Uh, <laughs> hey, are you like me? Are you all fired up for the political season, Boone Man? I am. You uh, feeling it? I am. I'm starting to feel it in in. Uh, well, I'm not sure if the, if it's that or these um, Italian nachos I had last <laughs> night. I'm not sure which which it is. But uh, as uh, you know, things are firing up uh, in, in the political world with the Minnesota State Supreme Court uh, next week. They're going to uh, be hearing a challenge to the state's law uh, regarding what you can what you can and can't wear in a polling place. What is there? Uh, there's, there there are a lot of states that. That regulate what you can wear at a polling oh, place. Uh, you know, South Dakota has laws about posters and signs and mm-hmm. politicking and, and campaigning within a certain distance of voting 
uh, areas, but not anything to do with what you can wear. Is this like a no speedo situation? Sort of a, well, a, a lewdness, you know? I mean, it could be that. No, it's really more of, of what what your maybe a shirt that says something, and it oh. kind of stems back from uh, back in 2010. There were uh, some folks were wearing buttons and T-shirts that said, "Please ID me," <laughs> and that they were they were referring to some legislation that that was under discussion in the state about um, showing a photo ID to vote. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so please ID me, and it got a little testy there. Uh, one of the uh, one of the people that with the, with the please ID me button, um, they were asked to cover them up or to remove them. Uh, they didn't. Uh, they did allow them to vote, but they took their names down. <laughs> they put. They took their names down for potential prosecution. And uh, oh my god! So, you know, they put them on a list. You're on the list, man. You're on the list. <laughs> Can I see your uh, papers? Huh? Uh, so I mean, and here's here's what's it, the part. The part that's probably most disturbing to me is that uh, the American Civil Liberties Union is on this guy's side, and I can't imagine that they're on the same side as something that I'm on. <laughs> I, I mean, there's something wrong there. It's a bizarro world, but uh, because you're um, you're with the guy, you're uh, with he, the button guy. He can wear he can wear the button. Why? What is you know? Here's here's their here's their thinking there in the People's Republic of Minnesota next mm-hmm. door. Um, it's it's a reasonable restriction that preserves order and decorum in the polling place, so that voters aren't confused or intimidated by a button or a shirt. You know. Well, and yeah, just you know, like what if somebody had a "Burn Baby Burn" T-shirt on, or maybe a "Make America Great Again" hat, yeah, or you know, maybe a "Move On dot org" button, or a pro-life uh, T-shirt. But these know, are voters, it, right? I mean, you're talking about yeah. not people working at the polls. Which, no, 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 these okay. are voters just voters. coming in to coming in to vote, wearing a shirt that says, you know, don't people uh, do that all the time? I mean, yeah, not you not can't. you know, but Trump hats and stuff like that, yeah, right? Nope, yeah. Can't you know that? And that's they start outlawing that kind of stuff. It's a slippery slope. I will tell you, yep. it is a slippery yep. slope. I mean, what's next? They're going to say I can't wear my T-shirt that says "Who farted," or <laughs> you know that I'm with my classic. I'm with spe- I'm I'm with stupid. You know, with a finger, you know, yeah. pointing at another there. voter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> like that, or or you know, like you referred to, somebody comes in in a speedo, right? You know, maybe the like a banana hammock with the Burger King logo says "Home with a Whopper." <laughs> you know, you can't wear that to the polling booth. Uh, you know, and and, and I'm not sure, but can you say that on the radio? I'm not sure. About that. <laughs> the, uh, the uh, it's a, it's a well known sandwich at Burger King. Oh, okay, got it. Um, uh, and and are, are they going to limit it to clothes? Uh, like, uh, what about the the? I, I got the Yosemite Sam back off mud flaps on Fordzilla. Yeah, that's right. That's intimidating. It that, is, especially when you combine it with the the big nuts hanging on the trailer hitch. <laughs> I mean, that is intimidating to a lot of people. So, well, I don't you, know. You're already going to be targeted as a uh, particular kind of voter <laughs> with the nuts hanging off the back hitch, <laughs> and especially especially with the mud flaps. Yeah, yeah. 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 What if you had the, you know, the, uh, uh, what's the cartoon character with the uh, big mustache and the crossed pistols? Yeah, that's the Yosemite Sam Yos- back off mud flaps. That, back off, he's got the guns. And, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Those are the ones. I can get yeah. you in a lot of trouble. Oh, yeah. yeah. What if you had that on a t-shirt, Yosemite Sam? Back off. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's, I, I, that's just, again, another reason number 27 I don't live in Minnesota. <laughs> 
<laughs> the signal getting over there? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Maybe you might have some uh, opposition right out of uh, Beaver Creek or what is that? The, what's the first exit? Beaver Creek? Yeah, that's Hills, it. Yeah, Hills, Beaver Creek. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, They'll yeah. be rising up in arms against you in hills, so you They'll may be, be coming at me with pitchforks and torches. <laughs> Would be the first time. Um, well, did you bring a joke for me, or is that? No, I joke? didn't. But you know, after much consideration, you know, I have long lamented not being able to tell so many of the really any of the jokes that I have. But I have determined that I can tell you the punchline of a couple. <laughs> Okay, Just so I'm going to throw line. that out there. All right. and, uh, you know, if somebody wants to hear the joke, they can. Uh, they can. Uh, I don't know. Go to my website if I yeah, had one. If you had one, or a Twitter account, if you had one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm going to. I'm going to fire you. Uh, uh, just the punchline here. Yeah. Uh, if you gave me twenty thousand dollars, I'd take off everything but my earrings. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to hear the rest of the joke, you know, we'll. Maybe sometime, and I'll yeah. tell you. Well, email it to me, and I'll see if I can't put yeah. it somewhere. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Yeah, you probably could. Yeah, probably. Oh, here we go. I don't... Of those hangy down things oh, that come yeah. off of the uh, hitch there, the Rocky Mountain way. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Yeah. Boom, man. Hey, thanks, man. We'll uh, talk to you next week. Sounds good. We're going out with this. <laughs> this is the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000. KSOO. 346 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. Playing uh, Come Out You Black and Tans for Jeff Hansen, even though he's not Irish. I'm just playing Irish music from pretty much the next month. Doesn't matter if you're Irish or not. Might be some rebel songs in there. with this father did the DNA testing. Yeah. And here I thought we'd been 100% Norwegian forever. Yep. I got some Irish in me. I'm so looking forward to St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> See, things are looking up for you. That's outstanding. Uh, Jeff Hansen's here, not because he's uh, one-fifth Irish or whatever it is, but because he uh, is involved with Sculpture Walk. And Sculpture Walk today sort of, you unveiled the new lineup. Is that correct, Jeff? Yes. As a matter of fact, in about uh, 15 minutes, Jim Clark will be in front of City Council showing them all the new sculptures and going through that process. But uh, it's, uh, it's pretty exciting. And this year is, every year we say it's the best year yet. And, and it's true, but this year really takes leaps and bounds, which is great because it's our 15th year. Really? 15 years? 15 years. That's impressive. So if people don't know, what is, uh, they see the sculptures downtown and they're like, oh, that's cool. But what is Sculpture Walk as an organization? Uh, you know, where do, how do you do this? You know what I mean? <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's a tremendous labor of love. And there's really one guy that's behind it, uh, Jim Clark. Mm -hmm. he, was a, he was an energy executive and he thought of, he was thinking of ways we could energize downtown. And add some vitality to it. And you think about 15 years ago, it's night and day difference than from what we have now. And he struck upon this idea of public art and sculptures. And he saw a small display. And he thought, oh, no, this is Sioux Falls. We can do it even better. Yeah. And, and from there, it just kind of rolled. But it, it is, it's a year-round effort. Um, and it's the largest now 
the largest, most recognized public art exhibition of sculpture in the country. You're kidding me. No, no. So how many, uh, how many did you have that first year? Do you remember? 35. Well, that was a lot. Yeah. And, yeah. and so now how many this year? 57. 57. That's a lot of sculpture. And you've expanded the footprint too, right? Yeah. Yes, we have. We've, uh, we've added, uh, on Maine, um, and further down on, on Phillips. And so it continues to grow. And now the eighth and railroad area, the East bank area is, is just so much fun that we have a lot of sculptures there. And we have even more sculptures there because of the the generosity and the vision of people like Erica Billion. Who owns uh, 8th and Railroad Center. Who owns 8th and Railroad yeah. and the Frank Building. Yeah. And, and so, you know, she brought in the Vespa. And, yeah, it's cool. You know, I think she has close to 13 leased or purchased sculptures. Oh, really? Just in that area. So when you look downtown, you're going to see over 100 sculptures. 57 of them are going to be new and there for a year. Mm-hmm. And then the others are either permanent or on a longer-term lease. That's great. Uh, we're talking with Jeff Hansen. He is, what do you, what do you call yourself with Sculpture Walk? <laughs> just an ambassador. Just an ambassador <laughs> for Sculpture Walk. That, that's fine. He, uh, in, his part, in, his, in his spare time, does some uh, public relations work that we don't need to get into. Um, so I'm look, you sent me some photos, and it's radio, so we'll, we'll try and get a, uh, some up on the Twitter feed here when we get a chance uh, at P. Lally Show. But, uh, you know, there's usual collection of animals. You have a lot of animals every year. You know, what we try and do is find something for everyone. Mm -hmm. And so when we evaluate all the sculptures that come in and they're juried, we try and do everything from abstract to whimsical. Mm -hmm. And yes, animals are always a favorite. Yeah. Well, Um, when you got 57, you're going to end up with some animals. But the the one that uh, uh, maybe your signature shot this year is a Sasquatch. Sasquatch is going to attract some attention. <laughs> so where is Sasquatch going? Sasquatch right now, where it's, it's going to be, is, is on Phillips um, between the uh, State Theater and Dakota Bank. Got it. That's a good spot. And it's just such a busy spot now. Mm-hmm. And, and I, there will be a number of selfies on that. The one I'm really <laughs> excited about is it's a mushroom. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, it's eight foot tall, and it's polished stainless steel. So, oh, so yeah. if you've ever been to Chicago, right, you've seen the bean. Mm-hmm. People flock there. You know, they get their pictures taken with the reflection. Mm-hmm. Well, this that's going to go in front of the diner. Oh, cool. Right next to the street. So when we know people are going to take pictures, and in the reflection, you're not going to have a bad angle. No, that's because so, there's cool stuff all the way around. All there. the way around it. And, and so I'm really excited about that one as well. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, we were talking about the animals a little bit. Um, do you take some criticism sometimes for being too cute? I mean, you say you go from everything from <laughs> abstract to whimsical and, th- and there's a lot between there, but there is a, you know, there's sort of a lot of sort of homey, cute sculpture that, um, I imagine is very difficult to do no matter what you're sculpting. Is it the quality of the sculpting or the image, or how do you pick it? it, it it's based on the quality is, is number one. You know, and, and you think about it, and it, if I walked by this, would I go, huh, that's interesting, mm-hmm. and, 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 and want to spend some time with it? Well, again, that's different for everybody. And so it's, it's the uniqueness, it's the quality of it, um, the size of it. There's some really neat 
there's great sculptures out there that are small. Mm-hmm. They just don't work for a public exhibition of street right. art like this. But um, so yeah, those kind of things go into it, and and it is funny. We've we've had sculptures that have won the People's Choice, and that everybody liked and voted for, mm-hmm. and then people go, "What? <laughs> <laughs> I hate that thing." <laughs> well, and, we own it. <laughs> and, yeah, and and so you know, you never really know. The one thing we, we like now is is we have. Um, it's 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 the Schooler Award, and and it's it's uh, called Virtuoso, funded by the Schooler family, and so all the artists go through all the sculptures, and and do a peer review, mm-hmm. and they choose the top ten, and it's interesting how they select because they select kind of like the Olympics degree mm-hmm. of difficulty, um, right? <laughs> creativity, that kind of a thing, and. And it usually ends up to be pretty close to what we see when the people vote for it. Really? But it is fun to listen to these professional sculptors talk about each other's sculpture and what it means to them, you know, what they think, their, their critique, and they will critique each other. But, uh, but we're, we're pretty happy with, with the, the group we've got in. So you've got them all selected. When does everything, it's in May, right? It's in May, first, yep. first Saturday in May. That's Everything a, goes up. 57 sculptures pretty much all go in on one day, on, as close to possible. On one day before noon. <laughs> and I've seen you down there in the middle of the, <laughs> yeah. you know, at 7 o'clock in the morning, already well, been working. We'll, we'll get down there around 4, 4.30. Oh, good times. And we have a great horde of volunteers, and, and, and it is fun. Yeah. Well, that's the, that's the culmination of all the effort, right? The first oh, yeah. day? It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I am seeing... Uh, some frog here that's sort of speaking whimsical looks like he's she maybe he's trying to seduce me i'm just going to say that <laughs> i'll look for that one out there um jeff hansen he is uh the ambassador for sculpture walk and sculpture walk uh, announced today the the sculptures for this coming year they'll be up may f- first saturday in may whatever that is and uh, we look forward to that it's always a really fun day and just so everybody knows we'll take them down i believe it's 21st of april mm-hmm. is a saturday morning We'll take down this year's sculptures, and every year we'll get a call. Hey, where'd the sculptures go? <laughs> <laughs> they got to come down sometime. And, and then we'll spend a frantic two weeks of scraping, painting, getting yeah. all the pedestals ready to go. That's huge. Jeff, thanks for coming in today. We you really bet. look forward to seeing the sculptures. All right. Thank you, Patrick. Coming up next, we're going to talk with Phil Shrek of KSFY Severe Weather Center. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Three fifty-eight on the Patrick Lally Show. Coming up next, Bill Shrek from KSFY Severe Weather Center and Jennifer Tuttle on workforce development. That's the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO. Four fifteen on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO. Sometimes when this place gets kind. And we're putting our Skype problems behind us, good people, fine listeners, because we have our next guest actually in studio. We're staring eye to eye the way the radio gods intended. Uh, Jennifer Tuttle, she is manager of workforce development for the Sioux Falls Development Foundation. Jennifer, thanks for coming in on a lovely, lovely afternoon here at KSO. Hello, and thank you. Um, so first of all, uh, you are relatively new in the job, right? That's so. Correct. 
What is, how do you, how does one become a manager of workforce development? Well, I have a long history that got me here. I am originally from South Dakota, um, but I went into the military after graduating college. And from there, I did an internship in human resource management, which led me into workforce development um, in Oklahoma. So I did that there for almost six years before moving back to South Dakota. So where are you from in South Dakota? Arlington. Oh, been there. Like it. <laughs> uh, I actually spent a lovely evening in Arlington overnight um, on Tour Dakota, the bike tour, okay. many, many years ago. And yeah. we had a great time in Arlington. Uh, the, uh, where'd you go to college? South Dakota State. Oh, well, that's okay, too. No, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> you've, come into, you've come into a coyote realm oh. here. I, have to, I always have to tell my South Dakota State friends to be prepared. Um, so uh, you're in the military, and yes. uh, what, what did you do in the military? It was HR, basically, for the Army. So, oh, cool. Yeah. HR in the Army. Yeah. That's, that's Adjutant different. General Corps, so paper pushing, doing all the processing of records and that fun stuff. But you learned the details, right? I did, How yeah. things work behind the scenes. Yes. Um, and so you end up coming back to South Dakota. When did you start this job? April of last year. Okay. Um, and how has it been so far? It's been good. Yeah, it's a uh, job security for sure. It's a new day every day. Don't know what's coming at you from day to day. But yeah. And so what, describe your job to me. Yeah, so at the Development Foundation, we are the economic development and workforce development arm of Sioux Falls. Um, so Dean Dizik does all of the uh, economic development, works with businesses, trying to recruit them into the area. And then we, for workforce development, I work with businesses trying to help them come up with solutions on their workforce shortage um, so it's always fun. <laughs> yeah. Does everybody have a workforce shortage? Because that's all we hear. Yeah, it seems that way in Sioux Falls, for sure. And what what kinds of uh, businesses are you working with right now? Everybody. Um, so we um, have started a new initiative, WIN, Workforce Information Now, um, and we're profiling companies that are successful with their workforce and maybe giving other businesses ideas of ways they could um, tweak their current workforce programs and how they could have better retention or better recruitment, things that are working within Sioux Falls. Because not everybody's having an issue, but the majority are, are short-staffed. What is working? Um, so in our first issue, we featured um, Kurt Loudenbach's company, um, and they are hiring, uh, it's Grand Prairie Foods, they are hiring mm -hmm. new Americans and really making that their initiative. So they might not all be speaking English. Mm -hmm. um, and Grand Prairie Foods, um, are they, where is that? Is it out in Brandon? No. Nope, it's right off of 229. Got it. Yep. Um, and so they have made it their effort that they will get someone that is fairly fluent in English and make them the line supervisor so they can translate um, from the native language to English, and that's working really well for them. Um, and they're all about culture and the people and helping those individuals be successful, and so they have very little turnover. Uh, and I want to talk about a little bit about uh, um, employing immigrants and, and immigration and refugees and everything else that's going on in the debate in terms of South Dakota without getting you in trouble. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. I, that's fine. I, I can I can get myself in trouble just fine. I don't need to, people's help. Um, but is there, uh, so that's an example. Um, that's what businesses can do to help themselves. What, what other kinds of uh, tactics are there out there for 
small businesses especially to train find and train workforce yep um so the governor recently put into um, a new program it's called the sd pass program which or i'm sorry it's not the governor it was the school system so sti partnered with dsu um, and it's kind of they equate it to an interstate so there's off ramps and on ramps you can go get your certification um, in maintenance and get off that track for a while and then get back on and go towards your two or four year degree. Um, so wherever you're at in life, you can kind of get back on to that road to being a four year graduate going on to get your master's degree. So the school district, which runs South Southeast Technical Institute here mm-hmm. in Sioux Falls and Dakota State University, which is in Madison yep. um, and is kind of techie. Yes. You know, we, I, I can f- safely say they're techie. Yes. Um, so as I understand it, they're, they're trying to work together so that I can have some continuum. So if I go to tech, that there is at least a path forward for me if I go to work for a while. Say I get uh, some sort of you know, radiology tech or something like that. I mean, I'm just making something up there. Yeah. I can come, go back and say, no, I want to take that to the next level. Yep. I want to be... And their pilot is focused on cybersecurity, so that's oh, sure. the, the lane that they're going. So you can go to STI, get your certification there, go work for a few years, and if you decide that you really like it and that's the field for you, you can go back and get your four-year degree through DSU, and the credits from STI will transfer so you won't have to go as many years at DSU. And some of that may be in Sioux Falls, not necessarily in Madison. Correct. Right? Okay. Um, the, uh, and I don't want to take us down too much of a rabbit hole here, but would the, you talking about that, that cooperation between the tech schools and a regential institution, as we yeah. like to call them. <laughs> yes. Um, it has been problematic over the years. It gets better, a little better all the time, but that's a direct connection between STI and DSU. Would it help if we had an actual community college system, which we don't? You know, I don't know that you can answer that specifically for Sioux Falls. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of really great things happening right now um, between, say, STI and the universities. Um, There's a lot of great initiatives on the that are coming up. So I think everyone is learning that we're not going to solve the workforce issue on our own. We all have to work together and figure out what's best for the community and the state and not just for ourselves. How do you quantify this? When, when people say, like I said, do we have a problem? Well, yes. How do we know we have a problem? What, is it, what are the things that say that are red flags or indicators at some point that we need to do more in the way of workforce development? Well, the obvious is the number of openings in each industry that we have um, in Sioux Falls. The other that we look at is turnover and what is maybe causing that turnover. Is it an age demographic that people are complaining about, which millennials happens to be right. the target? Um, <laughs> yes. Or is it the work environment? Is it just something that they're not happy with? Um, and to go back to millennials, our next feature for when is featuring Lemonly. And when you say feature in your in your publication. Yes. Yeah. And um, we will talk to John Meyer about mm-hmm. he hires all millennials and how he's making that work and why they're successful with what they're doing. So to kind of give tidbits on how to work with that demographic. Or as I called him for a whole segment the other day, John Mayer, <laughs> which I'm still apologizing <laughs> for. So there you go. Yeah. So Lemon Lee is a good example of, of, I mean, they've worked real hard to attract uh, 
uh, people into town and grow people within town, right? Yep. And that's a hard thing to do. That is, yes. And, you know, we hear that that specific population doesn't want to work or they're going different directions and they're only going to stay in a job for three years. Um, but he has kind of proven otherwise and has incentives for his employees if they stay so many years. And Yeah, like what kinds of things is he doing, just as an example? Um, so after five years, he gives them a $2,500 bonus to travel outside of the U.S. And that's pretty good. That's awesome. And it, he wants them to expand and see different things so they can bring that back here. And it's a really cool incentive and fairly cheap for the company when you consider the amount of money it costs to hire someone and the turnover rate. So instead of having that turnover, just giving it to the people that stay there. Right. I think any just about any employer, particularly in a professional sense, and Lemon Lee is a uh, interactive graphics. Uh, uh, you know, they do a bunch of stuff now, but they started out with interactive graphics and just graphic design and all yeah. that stuff. Um, it's a hip happening place. I'm sure anybody in the professional world would say, if I can be guaranteed that this person will be here in five years, I, I will gladly give you $2,500. Right. So that doesn't seem like that big of an expenditure for what you're getting back. Right. Yep. And so we're hoping that other companies will pick up on little tidbits and maybe make it their own, but that that will be helpful information to them. So, um, And your publication... Uh, uh, that you sp spoke of. Tell me what it is again. When it's workforce information now. And where do I get it? You can sign up. Um, you can email info at Falls dot com, and we'll add you to the email list. Oh, so it's it's a digital thing. It is. That's how hip you get. Yeah. <laughs> do you can you get it in a a, a, a tactile it is, function? It is printable, but it's interactive. So we have ah. uh, video features, um, and it links to different websites. So, awesome. Yeah. That sounds good. Well, I'll have to get signed up. I have yes. not seen that yet. Um, we're going to come right back after the news and weather with Mr. Dan Peters and talk more with Jennifer Tuttle, who is the, and this is a great, it is a great title, <laughs> Manager of Workforce Development for the Sioux Falls Development Foundation. <laughs> we'll be right back. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 434 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And we are continuing our conversation with Jennifer Tuttle. Of course, you know Jennifer as the Manager of Workforce Development for the Sioux Falls Development Foundation. Jennifer, uh, we were talking about sort of the uh, what businesses can do um, and some of the things that are working in terms of finding, retaining, training workers. Um, and you touched a little bit on... Uh, uh, what was the name of the company again? That has Grand Prairie Foods. Grand Prairie Foods. And what do they make? They, um, food for hotels. Yeah. So they're like packaged food, some yep. sort of thing. Okay. Um, and they're a, they're a going concern and they got a lot of people working there. Uh, and you mentioned immigration, which always throws up red flags for everybody. Um, there's been, first of all, what role does Immigration, and when I say that, I'm talking about people moving intrastate within the state of South Dakota, interstate from other places in the United States, and then international. What what role does that movement of people play in a in the development and the workforce development plans and, and tactics and strategies that you see? Yeah, so currently with the number of vacant jobs that we have in Sioux Falls specifically, 
Um, and if you look at the state, we just don't have the population that we need. So we need to find people to move here, whether they're from a different state or a different country, um, if we're going to continue growing and bringing in different businesses to Sioux Falls. Why is that? Why can't we just make it work with what we've got around here? We are so short right now um, on population that businesses are having to turn away business um, because they just can't keep up with the demand that they have. And what does that mean for us? I mean, what's that? What's that? So, I mean, there are people, honestly, right. or people in the community who would yeah. say, and? Well, it's an economic impact, obviously. And if you want continued, uh, if you want Sioux Falls to continue to um, be the beautiful city that it is, we need that tax base here. We need the um, money coming in. And we grow. We're going to grow. We're going to grow naturally, yes. Because people have babies. Yes. And people live longer. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, it's sort of it's it's sort of baked into the way the system works that if you're not growing you're yeah. falling behind. Yep. So then you you naturally get to this discussion of uh, and there's a vigorous debate going on right now in the legislature and elsewhere about Lutheran social services and and the meatpacking industry basically benefiting from these programs at the at the detriment of our communities. And the uh, business establishment in the city of Sioux Falls has not necessarily agreed with that stance, correct? That's fair to say. Yeah, I believe so. So what is, as a development foundation, I don't want you to get, again, <laughs> I don't want you to get in trouble with somebody here, but what do you say to folks who are uh, very uh, vehemently anti-refugee and anti-immigrant? You know, at one point, everyone was an immigrant into the U.S. So I think if everyone's coming here legally, they have that right. Um, it, that's a hard political question. I don't necessarily like to openly discuss it. Um, but we have to support what programs there are. And legally, LSS has a great program with helping new Americans transition into being a working population for Sioux Falls. And do you work with LSS to for job in job training programs to, you know, Put people in the right places, or how does that work? Um, Betty Oldenkamp is on our board, so we have a pretty close and relationship. And she's the head of LSS. Yep. And so we have a pretty close relationship with them. We don't place individuals by any means, but we have an open conversation with her about what's working, what could be better, and what companies are looking for. Do you have a... have a uh, The other thing that you'll hear is that um, by bringing people in from outside the country, we are suppressing wages of the workers that are here. Um, is what's the, what does the development foundation address some of those issues in terms of wages and wage growth? And what, what is a uh, sort of a, uh, ideal average wage in this community? Um, we don't necessarily address it. We do the research on livable wages and um, what it takes to live in Sioux Falls. Um, and we will have those individual conversations with businesses if if they are curious. Um, but for us to make a blanket statement on every business needs to pay X, that's not our job or our role. Do you, do you does the Development Foundation think that there needs to be some, some wage growth at the, at the entry level 
in terms of workers? Because right now, you know, you can find work nine, ten dollars an hour, mm-hmm. um, which is really below the poverty wage. Is does the Development Foundation at all think that that uh, that wage increasing that wage at the bottom end? I mean, really, we're not even the wa- average wage, but at the bottom end would help attract more workers and help solve the workforce problem. Um, well, I mean, anybody would love to have a pay raise, right, and would love to get more pay for themselves. So I, you would probably love a pay I raise, do. right? I do. <laughs> I. So I think, yeah, on paper, that would be great. I don't know that every business is capable of doing that, though, so... Yeah. No, I, again, I don't like putting you in trouble. Uh, Jennifer Tuttle, she is manager of workforce development for the Sioux Falls Development Foundation. And uh, we're going to come back and talk a little bit about different uh, programs or things that uh, the state, the city are, you know, attacking this from all different angles. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 440 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO, and we are returning to our conversation with Jennifer Tuttle. She is the manager of workforce development for the Sioux Falls Development Foundation, and it is legislative time. It is. And you are headed to Pier tomorrow. I am. It'll be interesting. Uh, nothing better than a... Uh, Trip to beer in February, <laughs> is there? No, we're just glad that the weather didn't do what it was supposed to do so we can make it there. Well, you may not make it back. <laughs> that's, that's always what happens. You get out there and then you're, you're stuck. stuck. Yeah, good times. <laughs> uh, so you're going to pier tomorrow. It's Sioux Falls Day at the legislature. Uh, what's, what's the Sioux Falls workforce development message for our state legislators? I think that we want to keep seeing initiatives um, out of out of peer. The governor has done a really good job as of late um, making workforce a high priority with implementing apprenticeship models throughout the state, um, putting career advisors in the schools in Sioux Falls, um, helping students get on a career path at an earlier age, um, having them explore different careers so they're not switching a few times before they make their final decision. He also said, don't go into philosophy, but that's okay. Go ahead. (laughs) No. um, And so I think just to continue to push different workforce initiatives from the top down will be helpful for Sioux Falls. Do you think, well, the whole state has a problem though. Yes. I mean, this is not just a Sioux Falls problem. It's not just a state problem either. It's a United States problem. Yes. And that's why we have so many people who want to move here um but the state is there are there is can they put more money in uh like training programs or uh retraining or is there anything that that's out there that they need to do in the near term that you know is a need right now that you would like to see them act on i mean more money is always beneficial i think um training and development so we don't have turnover would be a great step in the in the right direction. Um, companies say that if they can get their people, new employees, to stick it out for a year or two, then they have them. It's just getting those people to stay there for that year or two to see the benefit long term. Is it for a long time we've had, it's been really tough in the trades, as we like to say, the, the skilled tradesmen, mm-hmm. you know, 
carpenters, plumbers, electricians, all that. Is that still a very serious problem for us? That is a huge problem. STI has a lot of great initiatives they're working on that they're going um, to be hopefully launching in the next few months um, that will take a stab at trying to <laughs> minimize that problem. But, yeah, it's hard. It's um, People aren't growing up on farms like they used to and have that natural trade um, at the same time, you know, there, here's something. Here's a job that pays well. Very a lot well. of these pay well. You work hard, mm-hmm. but it's it's a skilled trade. It's not like, you know, you're not digging ditches. Well, you might have to dig a ditch on occasion. Yeah. You might have to knock out some concrete. <laughs> you might have to do a lot of things, but you're going to be uh, well compensated. And yet we still have difficulty getting people to go into those jobs. Yeah, you know, it's one of those. It's not a glamorous lifestyle, especially the first couple of years when you're maybe doing more of the grunt work and mm-hmm. learning the art of the trade. But if you stick it out, the, it, there just aren't enough people. So there's a lot of pay that can be had in those types of jobs. Yeah, and you can be entrepreneurial if you want. You can work, just be a worker if you want. Um, and it's, uh, it's always been hard to get people to do that, but it's been particularly hard in the last 30 years or so. And I don't know why that is. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Um, especially with some of the trades, it's become some advanced technology and manufacturing jobs, uh, specifically, they're a lot cleaner, um, than they were maybe 20 or 30 years ago. Uh, you go into an advanced technology center, manufacturing plant, and they're very clean. They're, I mean, they have very strict OSHA standards that they have to stick by. Well, also, nobody wants to work anymore in a, you know, (laughs) seething, heaving beast of a factory. (laughs) Right. And so you're not going to have anybody. Meatpacking is hard enough, but even that's come a long way. Yeah. Um, Speaking of manufacturing, though, uh, that's that's an area we talked earlier. It's very tough. Yeah. Because, again, it, it can be repetitive, even if it's clean. There's a lot that goes into it. What, how can you get people to stay in manufacturing other than giving them, you know, telling them it's not going to be as bad as it used to be? <laughs> well, we're trying to uh, kind of exploit how great manufacturing has become. Um, in October, there's Manufacturing Week, and it just exposes how wonderful uh, manufacturing has become and the technology that is behind it. Um, it's not strict manual labor anymore. It's very advanced technology, very computer bound. Um, And so I think just getting the knowledge out there to younger, starting in middle school and high schoolers, exposing them. You want to work in a factory, (laughs) don't you, Junior? (laughs) I can see it in your eyes. There's just a, it's a great career opportunity with a lot of um, opportunity for growth within companies. You don't have to stay in that one specific job. There's definitely career ladders um, in manufacturing where you can advance your career. And if you are willing to retrain a little bit or train, um, like you said, there's a lot of technology involved. Yeah. Uh, if people are interested in doing that, what do they go to? How do you find these programs? That's my question. Yeah. Um, STI has a lot of really great resources. Um, they can contact us at the development foundation. We can uh, direct them in the right direction. Is there anywhere online I can go? Find I mean, other than just going to job service or something, right. but, but there's got to be somewhere I can learn about so I have a set, certain set of skills, but I want to learn something else. I imagine STI is one of the best places to go. STI has a lot of information, yeah. That's Southeast Technical Institute. You can Google it on your phone. <laughs> um, they'll be happy to help you out over there. Um, so what's, what's next for you? You're going to uh, Sioux Falls Day tomorrow at the legislature. What else is coming up for the uh, Development Foundation? It's a big dang deal. 
Yeah, we're um, in the works right now to get our manufacturing week lined out for October and starting talks with manufacturers and local schools and and getting that planned. Um, so we're really excited about that. Cool. Yeah. Um, Jennifer Tuttle, you are manager of workforce development at the Sioux Falls Development Foundation. Thank you for coming by. I really appreciate it. And let us know. Keep us posted on what's going on out there in the world of workforce development. It's a yeah. big deal. Thank you for having me. We'll be right back on the Patrick Lally Show to finish up our day. This is Information 1000 KSOO. <laughs> 455 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. Hey, everybody, coming up Friday, March 2nd. It is the first Friday of March, which means it's first Friday downtown. A special day of shopping, arts, and entertainment in downtown Sioux Falls. Visit a variety of retailers, artist venues, and restaurants. Enjoy free and discounted activities at the Washington Pavilion. In fact, a lot of that stuff at the Washington Pavilion on a first Friday night is free. Free. You can't get better than free, can you? And uh, as the weather starts to come back to a normal level, people will be outside. They'll be having fun. They'll be walking around. First Friday is an awesome, awesome event. Uh, a couple things that have happened while we've been on the air or, or fairly close to going on the air. Uh, I see that uh, the president has said he wants to outlaw bump stocks which is interesting. Those are, of course, you'll know that's the uh, device that was used in the Las Vegas shooting to much publicity that allows you to essentially take a semi-automatic weapon and uh, shoot much more quickly because the bump stock takes the shock of the, the kickback. And that's a, that is an oversimplified way of explaining it. And that's the best I can do for you people today. But there is, it's, uh, it's interesting that the, the president, they're trying to find, I think, a, a an entry point for uh, Trump on on gun control that doesn't make everybody mad on his in his base, but that I mean that's a fine fine line, you know. If they can if they can get rid of uh, uh, pump stocks bump stocks, um, then people will see that as a slippery slope, right? And then all of a sudden they're talking about magazines, and then all of a sudden they're talking about whether or not an AR-15 is actually an assault rifle or just a rifle with some black rifle with some fancy stuff on it, so we can't do anything. And so, but I think there's going to be a lot of public pressure on the Trump administration in the coming days. And you know, we're seeing all of that, uh, all the uh, publicity out of Florida and and the students marching to the Capitol, and there's going to be a student march on Washington. All very interesting things. I don't know if that actually sways the needle in the White House, but it seems like there's some. Um, efforts being made to try and uh, uh, do something, which, you know, getting rid of bump stocks is not a lot. Let's be serious. Uh, most of us didn't even know they existed until a few months ago. So I don't think that's really going to placate any of the critics, or I don't think it's going to be any sort of mid-ground compromise on things that you can do in the gun debate. But it's going to happen. Um, this is going to be going on for quite a while. So we'll be watching for that. Hey, coming up tomorrow on the Patrick Lally Show, my good friend, Brian Allen. 
the anchorman, the big-time anchorman at KSFY-TV will be with us. That'll always be fun. Scott Hudson's in for Weird Friends. And blogger Pat Powers of the South Dakota War College will be in for our blogger showcase. Thanks for being here, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow, 3 o'clock. Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO.